This is true news, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us God. I'm Rick Wiles. The United States Supreme Court delivered a historic victory today for unborn babies. America's highest court overturned a previous court's infamous 1973 decision known as Roe v. Wade that unleashed nationwide abortion on demand. The court upheld Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban, thus letting states regulate abortion within their borders. The majority opinion was delivered by Justices Samuel Alito, Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. Three of those judges were nominated by former President Donald Trump. Judge Alito wrote in the majority opinion released today, quote, the Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision. Roe's constitutional analysis was far outside the bounds of any reasonable interpretation of the various constitutional provisions to which it vaguely pointed. Justice Alito also said, it is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives, end of quote. Dr. Burkhardt is here to celebrate this awesome judicial victory for the pro-life movement in America. And as somebody who's been staunchly pro-life all my Christian life, this is... It's a long time. Yes. A long time coming, Doc. So... A long time. Uh, it doesn't ban abortion completely in the nation. It does return it to the state. So now you've got basically 50 fights that will be going on now. But uh, each state now has to make a decision about where they stand on That's abortion. Right. So, right. I, I joined the pro-life movement somewhere around 1979. I was a very young Christian. I was about 25 years old, Doc. And... Um, 1979, Roe v. Wade was only six years old. And American Christians were in a state of shock. Right. And, and I was very active in, in the pro-life movement and um, opposed uh, the opening of an abortion uh, baby butcher shop in, in my hometown mm-hmm. uh, back in Maryland in those days. And so I've always been pro-life. This has been a... This is a long battle that we are finally seeing the fruit of decades of labor. Unfortunately, maybe 65 million babies were murdered while we were waiting on a court to make this decision. I can't even comprehend those numbers. Right, and they'll continue to be murdered in the millions until the fight is complete. Yes. So, um, I of course, as I mentioned, I've, I've been pro-life since I was a believer when I was 15. But I think the one uh, event or time period that really stoked the fire within me about uh, defending life was in 1991, the Summer of Mercy out in Kansas, mm-hmm. where you had so many organizations that were coming to Wichita, Kansas to uh, protest at Dr. Tiller's clinic out there. Uh, and uh, that was probably the one event that united a lot of Christian media, a lot of pro-life organizations into one big push. Um, And that really galvanized a lot of the movement going forward. And that's hard to believe. 
my goodness, can it be 31 years yes. ago? 31 years yes. ago. Um, I'm an old man, I guess. And so um, um, we, We've been in this fight, and I, I was just telling one of our staff members, one of our young staff members, uh, a few minutes ago before he came out here, I said, look, I'm, you know, physically I'm very tired today. I've been in this fight for a long time. And I said, uh, you don't see it from your perspective because you're half my age. And you grew up in the You grew fight. up in a country that was uh, where abortion was legal. But I said for uh, my generation, those of us who have been pro-life for a long, long time, today um, it, this fight's been going mm-hmm. on, Doc. Some of us are just uh, very old warriors. We've been fighting the good fight for a long time, and it feels good to finally win one. It's been a good week overall. Amen. Um, the court has uh, ruled um, in the right direction on a number of major cases. Uh, you know, and we have to give, I want to give credit to President Trump because this would not have happened had President Trump not nominated the three justices who joined um, Clarence Thomas and uh, Justice Alito. Without them, there would only have been two justices. Right. It was, it was five justices out of the nine. Now, Justice Roberts, the chief justice, was in favor of allowing the um, um, Mississippi law to stand, but he didn't want to overturn Roe v. Wade. Yes. So, you know, Mr. Roberts has always been a um, very wimpy, wishy-washy guy. Um, big disappointment to, to conservatives uh, ever since he got on the court. But President Trump... You have to give credit to President Donald Trump. He managed to get three conservatives confirmed by the U.S. Senate, and those three joined the other two and overturned Roe v. Wade. Now, look at the other things that have happened this week. We had the stunning victory on the Second Amendment. Yes. I mean, uh, the the Kerry law, I mean, uh, to have that in place. And... It got down to the brass tacks, and just like today's decision, they asked the question, is this in the Constitution or not? On the uh, carry uh, decision, uh, the gun carry uh, decision, the justice said it's in the Constitution. Therefore, it's a right and has to be protected. Today's decision, we don't see it in the Constitution. Therefore, it's not a right, and it's not a decision at the federal level. And it was, you know, it's back to the basic constitutional you know, uh, is it in the Constitution? And Simple start from sense. there. And so the problem since 1973 has been, of course, that the justices then saw something in the Constitution that no one else could see. It wasn't uh, written in ink. Uh, it wasn't even in written in invisible ink. Well, Doc, today, uh, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, you know, the whole gang, Nancy Pelosi, talking about the court's attack on the constitutional right of women. Name. Tell me where the Constitution says you have a right to murder your baby. Now, all women have a right to freedom of speech. All women have a right to freedom of assembly. But nowhere, because it's written there. Yes. It's in, you can read it. I can yes. pick up a piece of paper yes. and say, this is what it says. Right. But I can't do that with abortion. I can do it with the Second Amendment. I can read it. I can say, this is what I am allowed to do. Yes. Um, so... 
this is a big victory uh, for people that have been working toward this uh, this day for a very, very long time. LifeSite News, of course, they're on the front lines of uh, this issue. Uh, their headline right now in big, bold letters, U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade in historic ruling. And it really is historic ruling for uh, basically anyone that is not a boomer. <laughs> uh, you grew up under Roe v. Wade. And right. so. And I want to commend LifeSite News as a Catholic news site. I, I have relied on them for many, many years. Um, uh, great people over there. They have, they have been loyal to the pro-life movement for decades. Yes. And they ought to be celebrating, and they ought to be celebrated for what they have done. They've never backed down. Uh, Fox News reporting uh, Joe Biden calls on Congress to restore Roe v. Wade abortion protections as federal law. He says this is not over. You know, these guys, they, they're just adamant about they want to kill babies. Yes. It's a really big deal to them. They want to kill babies. And it's just, it's a demonic it's, mindset. It is demonic. It's bloody. It is blood. Who, who would be proud of that? Uh, demoniacs. It's a bloodlust. They want to shed the blood of innocent babies. And so uh, President Biden telegraphed to everybody out there today that urged protesters remain peaceful after a Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade. Um, of course, we have groups like Jane's Revenge and others that have already threatened uh, dangerous activities, terrorist activities uh, at 8 p.m. Remember Tonight. this warning? Tonight. So, uh, so when you say something like this, it's kind of pushing them into uh, that situation. Now, we do have a soundbite of President Biden reacting to the news of uh, Roe v. Wade today. Let's hear it from uh, Mr. Biden. Now, with Roe gone, let's be very clear. The health and life of women in this nation are now at risk. I believe Roe v. Wade was the correct decision as a matter of constitutional law and application of the fundamental right to privacy and liberty in matters of family and personal autonomy. It was three justices named by one president, Donald Trump, were the core of today's decision to upend the scales of justice and eliminate a fundamental right for women in this country. Make no mistake, this decision is a culmination of a deliberate effort over decades to upset the balance of our law. It's a realization of an extreme ideology and a tragic error by the Supreme Court, in my view. The Court has done what it has never done before, expressly take away a constitutional right that is so fundamental to so many Americans that it had already been recognized. The Court's decision to do so will have real and immediate consequences. This is a sad day for the country, in my view. But it doesn't mean the fight's over. Let me be very clear and unambiguous. The only way we can secure a woman's right to choose in the balance that existed is for Congress to restore the protections of Roe v. Wade as federal law. We need to restore the protections of Roe as law of the land. We need to elect officials who will do that. This fall, Roe is on the ballot. Personal freedoms are on the ballot. The right to privacy, liberty, equality, they're all on the ballot. Until then, I will do all of my power to 
protect a woman's right in states where they will face the consequences of today's decision. Justice Thomas said as much today. He explicitly called to reconsider the right of marriage equality, the right of couples to make their choices on contraception. This is extreme and dangerous path the court is now taking us on. Let me close with two points. First, I call on everyone, no matter how deeply they care about this decision, to keep all protests peaceful. Peaceful, peaceful, peaceful. No intimidation. Violence is never acceptable. Threats and intimidation are not speech. We must stand against violence in any form, regardless of your rationale. Second, I know so many of us are frustrated and disillusioned that the court has taken something away that's so fundamental. I know so many women are now going to face incredibly difficult situations. I hear you. I support you. I stand with you. The consequences and the consensus of the American people, core principles of equality, liberty, dignity, and the stability of the rule of law demand that Roe should not have been overturned. With this decision, the conservative majority of the Supreme Court shows how extreme it is, how far removed they are from the majority of this country. They've made the United States an outlier among developed nations in the world. But this decision must not be the final word. My administration will use all of its appropriate lawful powers. But Congress must act. And with your vote, you can act. You can have the final word. This is not over. Doc, I have one response into Joe, to Joe Biden's comments about the abortion decision. Those are the opinions of a man who took showers with his daughter. According to her diary. Yes. So. End of discussion. They're the opinions of a man who took showers with his daughter. I don't care what Joe Biden says. He's an old sex pervert. Let's just be honest about it. what are we up against? We're faced with a very entrenched power base of sexual perverts. Yes. Who want to kill babies, who want men to marry men. They want people to change their genders. Yes. They're, these people are reprobates. We don't have to listen to them. Let's shut them out from now on. They're not, they're not worthy to be heard. He's not worthy to be heard. Yes. His own daughter said he made her take showers with him. Yes. Why are we listening to this man? We just wasted three minutes of our time. America, shut, just shut him down. I mean, he needs a cue card. He's got to carry a little card with him to tell him when to walk out in the room and when, when, to, sit down. when to sit down and when to get up. And that, that's not made up. No, everybody really saw it yesterday. Well, so. this thing, let me tell you what's, where this is going right now. Justice Clarence Thomas, God bless that man. I hope he lives to be 150 and stays on the court. 
really pray for this man to be healthy and strong for decades. The reason why is because Clarence Thomas wrote the uh, concurrent opinion on uh, today's decision and basically used the liberals' argument against them. Uh, the three outliers today on the Supreme Court that wrote the dissenting opinion said, you don't have to worry about other rights or anything uh, you know, being taken away. It doesn't impact Oberfell mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and I fr- forget Lawrence and I forget the third one. But uh, don't have to worry about it. But Clarence Thomas doubled down. He said, no, this decision today gives us the opportunity to revisit these and ask ourselves the same question on these items as we asked on abortion. Is it in the Constitution? That's basically it. Does the Constitution say that states must allow same-sex couples to be married? It is not in the Constitution. No. And same uh, question on birth control. Uh, they ask that question as well. Is it in the Constitution? Is it a federal responsibility to regulate well, that Dr. or uh, manage I, that? I'll tell you where, this, where the baby killers are going. Just like the Democrats pushed for mail-in votes. Right. You watch what they're going to be doing with the death pill, the baby death pill. They're going to be mailing them out to every house in the country. Here's your free baby. Yes, here's your free baby death pills. They'll be handing them out in schools to children. Just watch. They're, I would they're doubt determined it. to kill babies. This, but the fight is on. And Clarence Thomas also opened up the door to rescinding the gay marriage decision. That's right. And that's looking like one of the big fights still coming down the pike here. Um, Wow. So uh, Clarence Thomas basically is saying today's decision, we're just getting started. And another one that's coming up this fall, affirmative action. Right. So uh, this is from Daily Caller. uh, Is affirmative action next for the Supreme Court? Here's how it could happen. Once again, if you get down to what does the Constitution say, the Constitution declares that all are equal under the law. Affirmative action says basically in... uh, from Orwell's Animal Farm, some are more equal than others. Yes. Uh, especially if you want to move things in favor of race or right. gender or whatever. Um, you know, and that's a fight that's going on in the nation right now. But if you're going to be honest about, really honest about what the Constitution says, it says we're all equal under the law. Not more equal, less equal, equal equal. That's right. And so affirmative action could be overturned. And um, then you're going to see racial quotas uh, that will be eliminated. Just decades of social engineering. We should be a society that is colorblind. That was the goal originally. When the civil rights movement started in the 60s, the goal was that we would be a colorblind society, that we would not make decisions based on the color of people's skin. What the Democrats have done is they... They just reversed it. And they said, no, we're going to make decisions based on the color of skin. Yes. The Democrats have always been a racist party. Yes. In the, in the 19th century, they hated blacks. In the 21st century, they hate whites. They're still a racist party. They started the first civil war. They will start the second civil war. They are a racist party that only survives when there is 
violence yes and and strife and division they rule through violence and strife and division and uh, the segregation laws doc the jim crow laws all that stuff th- th- that they denounce is what they passed yes and it was the republicans that fought it and stopped it and yet they they're the masters of propaganda They'll they turn around, it around and bl- blame it on the republicans and they got the black people believing that the republicans were for segregation right it was the democrats who did it that's the craziest thing that black people vote for democrats and they're the slave masters they're the people that put them into slavery well let me give you an idea how I'll give you a glimpse of what um, is happening in washington dc right now with law enforcement uh, we got a video of uh, police officers um, uh, marching over to the Supreme Court uh, building uh, just in preparation for any possible violence tonight. So, Rick, that wasn't an image from some third world country somewhere, you know, where uh, things are breaking out. That's the United States of America. That's yes. the U.S. Capitol Police. It looks like something out of a, a sci-fi dystopian movie. Well, are they afraid that Democrats are going to attack a government building? Wouldn't that be an insurrection? That would be an insurrection. But what <laughs> this uh, radical group, Jane's Revenge, uh, they have threatened this week that tonight beginning at 8 p.m., and I'm, I'm assuming this is 8 p.m. in each time zone, that wherever you are at 8 p.m. in your time zone, you should start rioting. All right, that's what they're calling for. So we'll see. Now, a week ago, they said that they were going to destroy all of the pro-life infrastructure, right. which we... You and I interpreted that as churches, pro-life counseling centers, uh, the businesses of pro-life donors. Right. Anybody associated with the pro-life movement. They said that at beginning at 8 p.m. on the night the court decision is released, they're going to begin dismantling the infrastructure. Uh, Lila Rose, a, a pro-life activist, uh, she actually survived an abortion as a child. Uh, she tweeted out last night that the FBI was warning Roman Catholic churches yesterday to brace for extreme violence. Wow. Extreme violence. So that's, that's what the left does when they don't get their way. They throw a fit. Well, they do more than they throw, throw a fit. Riot. Right. They, they riot, they burn, they loot. They... Or throw a Molotov cocktail. Right. So... Uh, Everybody be on guard. We, you know, hopefully it's a lot of, they're just blowing smoke. Hopefully. The worst case scenario is they have activists in every city and they start burning churches tonight. That's the worst case scenario. Um, I want to move on to uh, some, uh, some other world news. Uh, ABC Australia. Uh, WHO, World Health Organization, is calling an emergency meeting as more than 3,200 cases of monkeypox are, con- are confirmed. And uh, it says that a, uh, 
a public health emergency of international concern is who's highest level of, of alert. Declaring monkeypox to be a global emergency would mean the UN Health Agency considers the outbreak to be an extraordinary event and that the disease that is at risk of spreading across even more borders, possibly requiring a global response. It would also give monkeypox the same distinction as the COVID-19 pandemic. There you go. And the ongoing effort to eradicate polio. And polio is back in the news, too. Um, and so this is interesting that they've raised the level of alert to this to COVID level. Yes. Remember when COVID just had 2,000 cases, right? Mm -hmm. 3,000 cases? Right. And suddenly it became a global pandemic. Right. And the lockdowns came and the mandates were, were implemented. So just be ready for it. It's possible they're going to try it again. Uh, Joe Biden said the other day, second pandemic is coming. Yes, he said it, and so he knows it. So Also, the New York Post reporting that monkeypox is mutating at an unprecedented rate. That's right, right. Rich researchers investigating the monkeypox virus said it appears to have mutated at an unprecedented rate. I'm shocked. Much quicker than experts initially predicted, according to a new study. And that study, which was published in the medical journal Nature Medicine on Thursday, found that there were an average of 50 mutations in samples from this year, where only up to 10 would be typically expected. So once again, surprises with this as well, right? But not surprises. For you and I, you know, this news comes along, it's not a surprise at all, but it's like they're shocked by it. But yes. we come to expect items like this. That's right. Uh, give you some more news before we wrap it up here for today. It's uh, uh, we got about four or five minutes remaining in the program. Uh, South China Morning Post in Hong Kong. China's no limits vow with Russia raises Pentagon urgency to prepare for a Guam attack. Yes, yeah, so it's saying it's extremely dangerous if Beijing and Moscow were to make good on recent doubling down of partnership. And so, yeah, the commander of U.S. forces in Pacific said Friday that Beijing's declaration of a no limits partnership with Russia has raised the Pentagon's sense of urgency in an effort to prepare for a missile attack by Chinese military forces on Guam. So That's the first time we've heard this. That's right. An open admission that the Pentagon is bracing for an attack on Guam. But we've always speculated that what would be the first, the first targets if war broke out over Taiwan? It would be Guam and Hawaii. Yes. The reason being that's where all the military infrastructure is that they would need to support any kind of uh, a response to an invasion of Taiwan. So would it be the new Pearl Harbor? Well, um, we know that they have been doing sorties and everything over the past two years in anticipation of attacking Guam. They've done those patterns. They've done the patterns in the desert on ships as well in the South China Sea. So we could see this easily coming, Rick. All right. Another story, yes, Chinese good. satellites. They, uh, this is South China Morning Post. Chinese satellites evade U.S. surveillance probe, then stare back, according to the report. Uh, so apparently Chinese satellites, Rick, have not only the ability to evade uh, U.S. Uh, technology, but also actually look, look back at them to do surveillance of them at this point. 
And so that's how far their technology is advancing. Yeah, we got two quotes. Let's read these quotes. So Chinese satellites have shown the ability to evade and monitor a U.S. surveillance satellite, prompting experts to call for new norms as the space powers increasingly play cat and mouse games in orbit. Earlier this year, two Chinese satellites were approached by an American space surveillance satellite after they reached geostationary orbit, according to the report published by Space News. And it goes on to say it's not the first time that there have been close encounters between the two countries' satellites as games of geostationary orbit cat and mouse between the competitors are becoming more frequent, according to the report. In November, Xinjiang 20, China's most advanced communication satellite was approached by a U.S. surveillance satellite, but reportedly sped away. Okay, I've got three stories about Russia and Ukraine and that war with NATO, and we'll go through them very fast. The first one, uh, Navasti. Lavrov suggested that the European Union and NATO are gathering a coalition for war with Russia. And did you see how he made the comparison, Rick? Yes. He said before World War II, Germany had basically got all of Europe to unite with him uh, to, uh, attack fight Russia. to attack Russia. And now yeah, let's the Nazis read are doing it again. Yeah, let's so, read his quote. Uh, European countries are uniting against Russia, Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said. When the Second World War began, after all, Hitler gathered a significant part, if not a large part, of European countries under his banners for the war against the Soviet Union. Now also including the European Union together with NATO, they are gathering such an already modern coalition to fight, but by and large, wars with the Russian Federation, he said at a press conference with the head of the Azerbaijani Foreign Ministry. So history may not repeat itself, but it's certainly rhyming, according to Mr. Lavrov. And, and once again, we see um, the Russians are, it's a, uh, it kind of have a, a, it's a melancholy attitude now. It's like, okay, we know there's going to be a war. We know right. it. We don't want it, but we know there's going to be a war. We see it. We're not pretending anymore. We're just openly talking about it. Right. NATO is preparing a coalition to attack the Russian Federation. It's, they, they have resigned themselves that they're going to have to fight all of the West. Yes. Okay, now, turn that around. What if it's the American people, and we're, we realize well, all of Europe and all of Asia is uniting to come to America and fight? Then we as a nation would do everything we could to prepare for that war. But what would that look like? How would you be prepared? I mean, think about it. I mean, you start imagining millions of soldiers would be coming to your country to fight on this soil. That's what the Russians are thinking. They're going to have to fight off all of Europe, the United States, Canada, Great Britain. They're going to have to fight all of them. What Lavrov is saying is all of Europe is uniting to fight us. They are bracing for the, the mother of all wars. And they know they have to deliver a knockout punch. It has to be hard and swift, and they have to take them all down quickly. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to unleash every single weapon in their arsenal. They'll know. This is it. We have to use everything we have. You can't hold anything back. Right. Um, 
what would be the point of it to hold back some of your biggest weapons? It's going to have to be you, you take out every single weapon you have and clobber them and hope that you win. Hope that it's enough to, to defeat an army that big. Uh, another one, uh, Navasti, foreign ministry. This is uh, Mr. Lavrov's spokesperson, Maria Zakharova. Um, she explained Russia's uh, approach to the use of nuclear weapons. And basically what she was saying here is that Russia's never threatened anyone with nuclear weapons. Uh, Zakharova expressed bewilderment in connection with the statements made on the eve of the Conference of the States Parties regarding mutual threats to use mutual uh, nuclear weapons, as well as individual statements from the rostrum of the conference about Rudge's alleged nuclear uh, blackmail. According to Zakharova, Russia approaches are based solely on the logic of deterrence, including in the current conditions when the NATO countries that provoked the aggravation of the Ukrainian crisis and unleashed a hybrid campaign against Russia and proclaimed themselves a nuclear alliance dangerously, dangerously balanced on the brink of a direct armed conflict. And once again, you see in the news in Russia open talk about nuclear warfare that they know is coming. And they don't want it, but they know it's coming. Final story for today. Uh, Mr. Peskov commented on the blockade of Kaliningrad. Peskov is the uh, press spokesman for Vladimir Putin. And he said, uh, we are preparing for the worst, but hoping for the best. And basically, it's they're not making a decision, a rash decision, anytime uh, quickly. They're going to think this out. They're, they've got a plan in place, Rick. Uh, in the situation with the transport blockade of Kaliningrad, one must hope for the best but prepare for the worst. In any case, the Kremlin is in no hurry to make decisions. And he announced that today, and that was via Dmitry uh, Paskov uh, to uh, toss. And so uh, the Russians are seriously analyzing what's happening and bringing their position to opponents from other countries. And speaking about whether to expect retaliatory measures after the report of the Security Council Secretary Nikolai Petrushev to Russian President Vladimir Putin, Peskov replied, we need time to analyze the situation. I think that these same opponents also need time to understand that something needs to be done in order to resolve the situation. Here, we are absolutely in the right. So, um, now the Kremlin also does not rule out that Lithuania may cancel the decision to restrict can, uh, transit to Kaliningrad, but they will prepare for even the most difficult options. He says, let's not rule anything out. Let's hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. What we always do, concluded Peskov. Okay, I'll give you my interpretation. You got uh, Peskov and Petrushev. Okay. Peskov is the, the, the press spokesman. Right. Okay. Petrushev is the guy that brings the brass knuckles to the fight. Right. Okay. Uh, I would say, it's my guess, that if Vladimir Putin would pass away anytime soon, Petrushev would be the new president. Um, if it's not him, it would be Lavrov. But Petrushev is, um, who, who would we, you know, John McCain? Um, think of someone, Petrushev is the face of the Russian deep state. Okay. Okay. And I, what I see in this is uh, Peskov, the press secretary, is trying to 
stall for time. We're thinking about it. You know, you're not going to rush into this. We're thinking we're going to do something, but we're we want to give Lithuania time to reconsider. We're, yes, we're giving them time to reconsider. And all he's doing is he's stalling for time because he knows that Petrushkov already has that plan. Yes. Okay. Petrushkov's got the plan. All, all Peskov is doing is trying to make the public think, oh, they're not going to act soon. Petrushkov says, we're going to act a lot sooner than you realize. I'm working now to put the plan in place. That's, that's my interpretation of it. Well, my friends, hey, this is it for today, and we're going to... Um, we're going to end it, and uh, it's possible that we may be back here tonight live if there is violence in America. I don't know, but if we do have violent attacks on churches tonight, um, if I can round up enough staff members to come back into the studio tonight, I will be back here, and and uh, we will um, we will report live. I'm hoping and praying that that nothing like that happens tonight. Uh, so let's pray for all the churches, Christian leaders across America, that uh, these political um, terrorists will not attack churches tonight and burn them down. We don't need that kind of violence in this country. So uh, on behalf of Doc Burkhart, I'm Rick Wiles. Thank you for watching True News, and uh, hopefully we won't be back tonight, but we'll see you on Monday. God bless you.